Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. I don't know if we've got the clapping music. I don't know if we've got some celebrationary music. I don't know what we have got. Victory dance. But after six years of pushing remarkably bad mega trades (laughs) on this particular show or this particular station for the last five years. Yesterday, the AFL relented. Headquarters did a really good job on Sunday of making sure and blocking it to try and rain on your parade. But in the end, Adam Cooney and a mega trade has all come together and we've finally got the mega, mega trade in real life. Adam Cooney, congratulations. Six years of hard work has gone into this. (laughs) And what I particularly enjoyed Mm -hmm. was, and the AFL did block it, but then they worked in that second round of back, which allowed Port Adelaide to do the deal. But my favourite part was getting the phone call from AFL House, yeah, just asking if I could just formulate and have a look over it. (laughs) Ratify it. And it wasn't actually agreed upon until I ticked it off. Which is amazing, the pull that I have during this period. You, you know what? You have famously gone into a mega trade that had eight, 18 teams involved. I didn't think we were ever going to get to that level. I never thought we'd get to a four-team mega trade. But when the winds really started to whistle late last week, yep. the idea that something major could happen in something. And to be honest, you split the West Coast picks this time last week. Yeah, and that's in fact how it's played out. Apart- you had Horn Francis going back to Port Adelaide what about the uh, vitriol that was sent my way. Yeah, because of that, an abuse that I copped mm-hmm. because I said that West Coast should split that pick, and every person from WA came for me. And well, guess what happened? Here we they are. They split it. What do you think of West Coast splitting that pick? Would well, you have taken just the one? Because they are in desperate need of uh, multiple players of they talent, are. not just one at pick two. So. I'm not, I'm not as against um, that split of pick two as some are because uh, I'd rather get two good players than, than one, obviously. Now, you're, you're about to rank how the four teams came out of the mega trade in a split second. Of course, the open line is open, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. I expect most of the calls, and of course it's open to anyone, but the, most of the calls probably going to come from North Melbourne fans, how they're feeling this morning. They had the number one pick 12 months ago. Three days ago, they had the number one pick for the upcoming AFL draft. That's two number one picks. And they they'll have... go into next year without a number one, no number one pick left. on their list. Mm. Now, is it good, bad, indifferent? one 48 Adam Cooney about to tell us how he ranks the actual trade. I'm all for splitting picks, be it North Melbourne, be it the West Coast Eagles. I think, and I've said this numerous times, that teams are well and truly too reluctant to trade drop top draft picks if they're getting something better back in return. I think there's been a, a common denominator within the league where they're like, you know what, well, we've got the number one pick. We can't possibly trade it. We couldn't dare trade it. North Melbourne did it 12 months ago. In hindsight, I, I think, well, in hindsight, they probably would look to do what they oh, were absolutely. offered last year. And Adelaide Crows are probably happy, in particular the fans, because majority of what they were offering ended up with Rochelle, ended up with Jordan Dawson, their best and fairest winner. And, uh, and it would have been Isaac Rankin. Isaac Rankin. So 
I think in hindsight's a wonderful thing in life and in sport, and I think hindsight's a perfect thing here. But I'm all for splitting picks because I think clubs have been too territorial in the past about allowing top draft picks to walk out the door. Do you Firstly, think clubs are still gun shy because of the Trent Crowe, look McFarlane situation that ended up getting Luke Hodgett pick one for the Hawks? Yeah, look, I think that all those years ago, most certainly. But they could also argue Luke McFarlane, while he didn't probably get to the level of Luke Hodge, in fact, he definitely didn't. He was an incredible player for the Fremantle Dockers for a long, long, long period of yeah. time. So not Luke Hodge, though. No, he's not. He most certainly isn't. But who's to argue? Had Luke Hodge ended up at the Fremantle Dockers? He would have played there for 15 years. Ooh, and they had the success. Questioning the legacy of Luke Hodge, saying he was <laughs> at a lucky club. Is that Don't what you're saying? Don't try. Don't try. Hodge gets lucky. And deflect here, mm. knowing that there's some grief about to come your way. 1 300 48. The open line is open. Saying the text Luke line. Luke Hodge wouldn't have made it always through. That's a big no, call I'm just early. simply pointing out Luke Hodge would have been a superstar. But hey, Fremantle's still premierless. Aren't they? Yes. After 20 years. Yeah. Uh, well, more than that, but uh, after the uh, trade. All right, 0419 via the text. Let's get into this. You are going to rank them first to fourth when yep. it comes to the success of yesterday's mega trade. Well, Take it away. Well, first of all, if you have been living under a rock, let's go through each club and what they end up with and what they have given up. So out for North Melbourne, Jason Horn francis Pick one this year, 2023 third round pick, tied to Frio. They get in. Picks 2, 3, 40, 43, next year's future first rounder from Port Adelaide. So, I mean, that's on the face of it, you just look at it and you say they've gone backwards because they've lost two first round picks for picks 2 and 3, essentially, and maybe, depends where Port Adelaide finish up next year. So let's say a top 10 pick. So 2, 3, and 10. I'm saying that it's disappointing. North Melbourne's hands are tied behind their back. The kid wants to go home. They would have much rather had kept pick one this year and Jason or Francis at their club. It hasn't worked out that way. It's going to be a, a huge period coming up for North Melbourne to see what they do. Do they try and get the number one pick back? Do they trust that the GWS Giants are going to take this forward? Who, From what we hear, North Melbourne don't rate as a top sort of two or three pick. They've got their eye on two players. They think they can get their value, two for the price of one sort of stuff. Port Adelaide, they've traded out pick 8, 43, 53, 57, next year's first rounder and next year's second rounder and next year's third rounder. They get in Jason Horn francis Junior Rioli, a second rounder back next year, which uh, was uh, the last piece of the puzzle in ticking off the deal. Uh, that's tied to Collingwood. Uh, 2023 future third rounder, which has come from Freo. West Coast lose Junior Rioli, picks number two and 40. They get in eight and 12, a second rounder next year and a third rounder next year. Not bad. GWS trade out picks three, 12, 23, second round pick. Get in number one, 53 and 57. I think Port end up number one in this deal for now. For now. So for this, now. Is, this, this can easily, easily go pear shape for Port Adelaide. Excuse the pun, because they are the pair. But they're, they're chips in now, aren't they? To, for, a premiership, a flag now. for a premiership next year. Absolute flag now. And this is what they had to do. Junior Rioli, they, they had tagged, obviously, you know, a month or so ago, probably further than that, but it really became uh, in the public domain about a month ago. They were working in to get him to really be the replacement for Robbie Gray, who announced his retirement. So Junior Rioli 
comes in. Nice four-year deal. And Horn Francis goes into that developing young midfield, really led by Butters and, and, and Rosie. And, and they're like, look, this is how we go. Ken Hinckley's like, hey, you know what? Let's win this thing, mm. right? They've had a really disappointing year. They had two straight prelim exper- uh, experiences, both at home. One, they only just got shaded by Richmond. One, they got embarrassed from the opening bounce from the Western Bulldogs. They had a pretty bad start to the year. They would probably Zipping feel. Five, they were. Yeah, their second half of the year was better, and it's probably more reflective of the team they actually think they are into next year, more so than their overall record. And this is all about a premiership. 100% all about a premiership. The North Melbourne Football Club is at the total opposite of their thinking, and they clearly might like Cadman, but the Giants are obviously incredibly invested in getting him, and they believe that the next two players, keeping in mind that Ashcroft is considered the actual best player in the draft, okay? Yep. So they're not necessarily trading away the number one junior in the, in, the, in the draft class because he's already heading to the Brisbane Lions. So they're like, look, Cadman we like. Don't get me wrong. We're not saying Cadman's not a good footballer and a good young prospect. We just believe he's not that much more dominant than picks two and three in the players that we think we can get and can help us going forward. So now, we, 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 hindsight's we, a wonderful we have thing. to listen to that well, and, we, and understand that they know a lot more about these kids than, than what we do. Well, and, how and, much have you seen? And a few, you got, oh, well, just a few under-18s yep. games. So uh, and sort of probably less than a handful. So Cal Toomey would know a lot more about it. And obviously these cl- clubs who have put years um, of recruiting um, vision into these players. A bit tougher with the last couple of years with COVID. So it is probably a bit more speculative than than other years, but we're getting back to some sort of normality in terms of footy, which is good. So they know, they, they, if they can get two players for the price of one, they obviously think that they're going to come out of this as winners. It doesn't look like that at this stage. So I had GWS at number two in this deal because they get pick one. So they, And they don't need all those picks. They, they just need some ready-made players. And what happens now with that pick one, I would say that that would – that would be open to trading. There's no doubt about that for the GWS Giants. If they see this kid Cadman as their next key forward, uh, hasn't worked out all that well for them uh, picking key forwards in the past with the Giants. So I'm talking with Tom Boyd, Jeremy Cameron, Lobb, Hogan, Finlayson, Patton. That's their that's their track record mm. with with key forwards at the GWS Giants. So they they, they struggle to retain them. Uh, and struggle to get their best footy out of them. Uh, apologies there to Jeremy Cameron, who was a star. Yeah. Uh, I think the identification of these very talented young forward or ruck prospects is on the money. It's just the ability to be able to make sure they stay within the, the frame, I guess, of the Giants. So they get picked one, so yeah. they can do with it as they please now. I, I, I don't know if, whether they take that into the draft, but that's a pretty solid hand for them, for the Giants to get, get into that pick one. Uh, number three, I've got the West Coast Eagles. You mentioned that the splitting of picks uh, you like. I, I agree with you. I think that if they've got their eye on, uh, if, even if it is one West Australian kid at, say, that pick eight, I, I think that's um, worth having a crack at. And then they get another one in the top 15. So I think that's okay. And they just need talented players on their list. So you get two talented players compared to one. I think the West Coast Eagles would be happy with that. I'm not sure how the Eagles supporters feel about that. one 48 to get involved. I know that you're, you're going to mega trade the Eagles at all today. You got anything for them to go back into? Nah, Eagles, okay. Eagles cool. are done with the mega trade today. So you've got North Melbourne last. Yes. At the moment. At the moment. Because... You have to look at it on face value, and you get, losing two number one picks isn't ideal. They they didn't want to do it, 
that they're in the situation where they f- felt like they, they had to. Um, I've been on record saying that I think they should have held on if they couldn't get a, a deal that could satisfy their needs and make him go back and, and play competitive football. They saw it a different way. I would have wanted more and they no doubt they would have wanted more from this North Melbourne but unfortunately they're in that situation where uh, they just had to let the kid go so uh, at the, at just, the moment they lose the two first round picks just, just, so just on that what you just said and, and I heard you and we spoke about it last week we've spoken about this around much more established stars in the league hey you know what hold them to their contract uh, Danaher's one of them Papley's another one if you're going back a decade ago Ryan O'Keefe Tim Kelly yeah Tim Kelly well, like and they played good footy, all right? Danu had some injury issues, and in the end, in fact, his requested trade ended up going to another football club due to, I guess, the Harbin Queensland and the Sunshine State. Traditionally, I am all for clubs going, you know what, let's hold on to this. Let's hold on to this player because ego drives these players as well. They don't, they, they don't really dig the toes in and say, I'm not going to try because... Well, he they, wanted to be the number one pick. So this is the issue with Horn Francis next year. He's not as... He hasn't got the runs on the board per se to be still worth a lot in 12 months' time relative. He's only worth what he's getting, right, because he was a number one pick 12 months ago based on the great deal of potential that all clubs see, all right? So everyone's saying, well, he didn't you know, he didn't set six-year deal, which is only a five-year extension for people who may be a little concerned. I know Kane Corn spoke to this this morning. It's a five-year extension to the one-year rookie deal. It's equals six years, of course, because that's what he'll play at Port Adelaide. They may as well give him a 12-year deal because he, he's not going anywhere ever, right? He's gone home to Port Adelaide, and that's the only place he wanted to go. The thing is, North Melbourne kind of had to pull the trigger on is because if he had another year like this year where he only got 12, 13, 14, 15 touches a game, still conceivable as he learns the game, and then there's a couple of those things where he gets dropped once or twice or the ice bath situation – the, the number one trade value diminishes again. Yeah. So North Melbourne couldn't take that risk. Traditionally, clubs should because they're, they're dealing with much more established stars who've got more body of work under their belt. North Melbourne couldn't take the risk. And while it sucks to lose the number one pick 12 months into this thing, I, I think the fact is he if he have his 28, 29 touches next year at North Melbourne, I, I know it's not inconceivable, but it's also not one that North Melbourne are willing to do because if you had another year like this, this year – they're not getting picks two and three next year. Yeah, it might he's drop to out of contract too. Which exactly, the, the leverage obviously lowers. So they they took as much as they possibly could. Still, probably unders considering what they didn't say yes to last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think North Melbourne got a fair bit out of it, considering they kind of got leverage to the eyeballs. Is it not inconceivable though if he averaged twenty eight to twenty nine disposals next year for North Melbourne that he stays? But that's another thing. I think the Alistair Clarkson situation bubbling in the background played a part. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Like, yeah. And I know that the rumours have been there and everyone kind of says, oh, this is always going to happen. Well, I don't – look, hindsight's, again, a wonderful thing, but North Melbourne were fairly confident 12 months ago they could make this work. And I think a month ago when everyone was praising North Melbourne for getting Alistair Clarkson and what they were doing to go in the direction, there was a, there was a whole new great light that shone over Arden Street for the first time in a number of years. When the Clarkson thing happened, then I, I think that it definitely changed the idea or at least the the, the real positivity that Jason Horn francis had. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. And now Jason Horn francis he has been under significant pressure and media scrutiny playing for North Melbourne this year. 
Isaac Rankin playing for the Gold Coast Suns escaped any. Those two players are the future now of Port Adelaide and the Adelaide Crows. And if Jason Horn Francis thought that he was under pressure this year at times, playing in Melbourne for North, wait till he's a month into his career sure? at Port Adelaide. And if the power are one and three and he's averaging 15, 16 disposals, I'm telling you, it'll be threefold. The Are you pressure sure? and media scrutiny over there that he'll be coughing. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the Adelaide media are ruthless. Yeah, well, that's that's also true too. Team Town, I, I get that. Michelangelo Rucci already licking his lips. Rucci will be waiting in Jason Horn Francis' <laughs> bin out the front to get a shot of him and, and a quote. Uh, 1-300-23-55-48 to get involved. 1-300-23-55-48. I, I think Port Adelaide did what they had to do for what they believe. What they believe is that... Now, I'll grant that I don't think, unless Dixon, Georgiatis, uh, Georgiatis and Marshall are a lot younger, obviously, but one of them have to stand up and rip a season apart, like a lot of people, myself included, have been waiting for them to do. Charlie Dixon's the most integral player on the Port Adelaide list. He's obviously, what is he, 31 or, 30, or 32. 31. As much as Port Adelaide have done what I think they believe they have to do and I think is the right thing to do, I still wouldn't right now have him in the top four for 2023. Unless Dixon. What about what about Asava Radagalia? So I think this deal will get done, and, and, and it'll get done uh, for that pick 33. Well, Peter Ryan from The Age reporting just now that Port Adelaide have picked 33 on the table for Radagalia. He's in contract, but he's, he's seeking further opportunities at Port. Yeah, so we went over there best 22 yep. last week, and we had Radagalia at fullback locking down that position for Port Adelaide. Does that change... At all. I mean... Is he a fullback? It sounds ridiculous, and you're probably listening, thinking, hang on a minute. Well, you're talking about Asava Radagalia being a fullback and possibly changing the premiership fortunes of Port Adelaide. But that's a player that they need, and Josh Jenkins has said that he looked really comfortable in the games that he played as a defender. Where? Looked, looked natural. He played one at AFL level. One, one at AFL level and, and predominantly in the VFL, a few right? at VFL level, yep. I, I'm, not saying, I, I'm not saying that Radagalia wouldn't be a nice defender. I'm simply saying I don't believe unless Radigalier is able to prove it, and he may well do that. But like I don't think we can necessarily sit here and say that that's going to shore up Port Adelaide's premiership aspirations. They were disappointing for 2023. Sluggish start puts them behind the eight ball and then they've got to be able to get on a run which is almost improbable and impossible in the AFL in today's day and age to, to do what they had to do and they didn't do it I still think their forward line's your issue. What if uh, Horn Francis and Junior Rioli get themselves to a level of fitness that we haven't seen, certainly from Junior Rioli, and probably not up to scratch for to run out a full game in the midfield for Horn Francis? So, bit massive pre-seasons for both of them. Does it change anything? Well, you, no, you doubt, still think they're away, they're no, off the mark. I, I think Junior Rioli is going to be an upgrade on what Robbie Gray did last year, right? And Fantasia, who just couldn't get okay, out. Okay, so there. Fantasia can't get on the park. Horn Francis is still the mini X factor. I still, while I understand what you're saying around the media in Adelaide, the fact is he goes to a a stronger, deeper midfield, takes a little bit of that pressure off him to actually have to stand up. At North Melbourne, number one pick, 15 touches, even though in the first year he had a solid year, people are like, well, he's the number one pick and he's playing, he should be dominating type thing. So I think there's a little bit of less pressure from a actual tangible situation with the, the Port Adelaide mids. My thing with Port Adelaide, again, like like we look at it this year, 
Geelong have got Hawkins. They've got Cameron inside 50, Stingles and All-Australian. Then you have someone like Gary Rowan who stood up in, in particular moments. Mm-hmm. Their forward line, Georgie Artis and Marshall, insanely talented. It's time for them to stand up. And Dixon has been their most important player. When Dixon dominates games, traditionally they win these type of games, right? So if, if, if it happens, Port Adelaide are legitimate top four, but there's still a big if because there's still four or five question marks you're throwing. Can Radagalier do it as a defender if he ends up there? Horn and Francis, uh, Horn Francis and Junior Rioli, are they going to get their fitness to where it needs to be? And is Georgiatis and Marshall going to stand up? Could be perfect storm and they go gangbusters. But there's been some inconsistencies in some of those guys outside of Horn Francis who's only been there for one year, I think, to, to lead to the question mark. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. And Ken Hinckley was hanging on by the skin of his yes. teeth. Uh, at one stage during the, probably even through the mid season period where there were still uh, question marks, whether he was going to coach next year. So uh, they just have to get off to a good start. If it, if it goes um, similar fashion to season 2022, then I just, uh, yeah, I fear for, for Port Adelaide and Ken Hinckley's job and also what they've given up in terms of, I mean, the first and second round, picks for next year and third round picks mm-hmm. uh, uh, got, well, they got, got one back understand that but um, yeah they're not going to have a strong draft hand next now, year 